Hi everyone, I'm your host, Emily Knight, owner and founder of Knight Fit LLC. I'm a hybrid personal trainer who specializes in helping runners become even faster and stronger. On this podcast, we talk about all things health and fitness so that you can stay up to date on some of today's latest research. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Night Fit Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here today. I hope whatever it is that you're getting up to, you're having a good Monday. Um, I am sitting down now with my mom. It's going to be a great podcast today. We're going to be talking about what it's like to raise female athletes. And I think there are plenty of different moms out there with different approaches. But what's great is um, this woman, Kareen Knight, C-A-R-I-N-E, she often gets that mispronounced. So it's Kareen, um, has her own two cents and experience to share. And I wanted to sit down with her because my twin sister and I were both division one athletes. And not only that, We were in so many different sports throughout our entire lives, as well as my brothers. So she has raised four children, whom all now to this day, still to this day, love sports. And I think that takes a certain woman, especially with her background, which I'll have her share a little bit about. Um, So yeah, I'm just super excited to chat with you, Mom. And I'm so glad you're here. I am too. So first off, why don't you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about you, where you grew up. You're kind of a really quick life story in 30 seconds. Quick is the uh, key word here because I tend to ramble Mm -hmm. and I don't talk or think in a linear fashion. Uh, (laughs) So I would say grew up uh, in Bloomington, Minnesota, right here in the home, in our, you know, home of the wild hockey team. Um, Mm -hmm. My mother was a huge influence and actually was a single mother for about seven years. And uh, she was an incredible athlete surviving World War II, and um, John Ringling North of Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus, hired her to come over to the U.S. Um, as a high-wire, slack-wire trapeze artist. And But then she, you know, had children and ended up working um, more in grocery stores, actually. So I had this hard-working mother who became a single mother working 60 to 80 hours a week, so I was left alone for quite a bit of the time. So very independently, I was raised very independently. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, wouldn't say a lot of support. Uh, I mean, who had time to nurture me in any sort of sport? So yeah. the no fact real that father figure either. No, not really. She did remarry, but they both just worked incredibly hard. And my role model was everybody works hard, even when you don't feel good, you work hard. And that maybe is what has been passed on. Also, if you oh, hear noises in the background, that is just my mom has two adorable, they're called cockapoos. It's a cocker spaniel mix. And mm-hmm. she, those are her other children. So yep. if you hear noises, that's just the little puppy. So don't yep. be concerned. Yeah. So Kareen, you grew up pretty much on your own. You had learned mm-hmm. to do things on your own, get into school on her own. Um, mm-hmm. She's really a self-made woman in that sense is she didn't have anyone holding her hand at all. Mm-mm. And Um, But like she mentioned, her mother was an incredible athlete. And if she were able, could definitely have a whole podcast episode of her own. But totally. She's got dementia now. So, Mm -hmm. um, but she, yeah, she was an acrobat. And I think a lot of um, her strength was passed on to my mother. So, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. You bet. Insight. What was your personal sports experience growing up? And then when you met... My father, Mike, how did things kind <laughs> Big of change for the, you? the legend of Anoka, Minnesota. Um, so my experience growing up was uh, swimming, 
synchronized swimming, which you you you, you, <laughs> nice. are, you you can laugh at, but it's not always easy. No, uh, you've told me it's hard. It, it can be very. You have to know how to swim. Um, yeah, I got all the way to life saving um, on that, and then um, dance dance line dance line all the way actually through college. Although the high school dance team was much more difficult to get on, they only had what junior and seniors. Blah blah blah. She's like, "Stop, mom!" No, you ever it was have, like a laugh attack. I'm, I'm just, just laughing. <laughs> Dancing was really I, hard to no, make. I know that. And you still love. We watched. Um, I know. What did we watch last night? Oh gosh, staying alive. Staying alive. With Cynthia Rhodes. Oh my gosh, the way she can dance. And Green now. loves dancing. I just love it. So yeah, that was my experience. But now that I think about it, I did. I was. I started running in college, and I don't know why. With a good friend, Kay. Oh. Hi, Kay. If you're out there. Um, and I would run and jog. I, I did, I would jog. And then, um, when I met your father, uh, I first saw this, this handsome wrestler and I thought, Oh, why is he throwing a football in the middle of the day when he should be studying? Because I had a misconception about athletes, Mm. to be honest, I did. And, um, he, I turned that upside down on me and, um, I learned a lot from him. And once we got married, We'd go to the gym together and he'd show me how to lift. So I started lifting. Oh, and then actually, even before we were married, my, my mother, who still worked, you know, Hannah, who still worked 60 hours a week, she would do these exercise tapes to like Jane Fonda, if anybody knows who she is. She's mm-hmm. And um, she jo- Joni Gregans, and she'd be doing these aerobic. And then she started jogging when she was in her late 50s around really? around where she would take you and your oh, sister on those long acrobat, walks. Yeah, the acrobat. She would... She started jogging and um, always exercising, and just I think the role model was she was always fit mm, and healthy. Uh, and healthy. And she grew up, although she didn't have a lot of food, every nothing was ever bought frozen. So mm-hmm. fresh meat, fresh veggies, a Other lot than of Stouffer's, which I grew up. Stouffer's mac and cheese. cheese Stouffer's. <laughs> oh man, you got to have a little mac and cheese now and then, though. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I remember growing up, you were always at working out in some form. It wasn't like obsessive. Mm-hmm. It was like you were doing boot camp or watch Jillian Michaels. Or oh, yeah. Different yeah. bar classes. I did start when you guys would actually sleep through the night and I met another mom who had twins because I had, you know, you and then your brother was just 16 months older and then your older brother was playing hockey at that time. I did think I was going to lose my mind and I found another mom in the same position. And so Julie Jones and I um, started running. We'd get up at 4.30 or 5.00. We checked the temp, even if, if, as long as it wasn't minus 30, we would put Vaseline on our faces and we would go run for like three miles around Maple Plain, come home and then get you guys off to school. Wow. So, but that kept me sane. And that's, yeah. that's the effect. The effervescence of sports is yeah. sometimes when that stress gets to you, just take some good outside air and just Truly. move your body because that, oh that gosh. tension movement is medicine it is and honestly like the habits i have now it's funny to think that they they match that like getting up at 4 30 or 5 to get mm-hmm. your exercise in and obviously um it's different when you have children it's a whole different ball game it, it is because you have a timeline you have to get home you have to mm-hmm. do things but at the same time that set a standard and a precedent for what mattered to you mm-hmm. and you were doing it when you had more obligations than you've ever had. Right. And actually sometimes the more things you have to do, the more you get done. Mm -hmm. So I see myself slipping now that I'm in my Mm -hmm. 
60s. Well, maybe I feel like I'm in my 40s. Maybe I'm just 29, but I look like I'm 60. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, now the mornings when I don't have much to do but take the dogs out, you know, all of a sudden it's 11 a.m. What have I done? (gasps) Well, I took the dogs out. (laughs) That's That's actually a good point, though. If you have a lot to do, at the end of the day, you're like, wow so much done mm-hmm. whereas if you don't you're like oh crap well it's like when company comes over all of a sudden you clean the house mm-hmm. and you, you whereas it can look like a pig pen for two months before that yeah so yeah well, awesome so now i kind of want to transition a little bit so you married mike you mm-hmm. learned about athletics you got oh, into yeah. the gym and then we grew up around you working out all the mm-hmm. time what was your initial take on having sporty kids and then we'll kind of segue into female kids like specifically, but what was your initial take when my father, I'm guessing, was like, oh, our kids are going to be in sports? It was the highlight of raising you. I have never experienced more joy than watching you perform. And even on days when the performance in your mind was subpar or the result wasn't what you wanted, the key takeaway was always, are they having fun? Was there a period in there where they just had so much joy? And could they learn from a failure, failure of themselves, failure of a teammate. And then to watch the discipline that it took to pick yourself up and to try again. Uh, But more often there was just so much joy and you were, I'm just blessed with, I don't, you guys are natural athletes. Everything came pretty easily to you. You weren't the bumbling person who just wasn't ever going to cross the finish line with any sort of time that would be like, emblazoned like you have, you know, you hold school records and mm-hmm. you went to state in Minnesota, which is hard to do in, uh, in the double A category. Mm-hmm. So the, the joy was, it's incredible. It, mm-hmm. It's wow. I've just learned so much. Yeah. So you, yeah. you supported it fully and hundred percent. Oh, yeah. I was the one doing the carbo loads and the sleepovers and all the driving and yeah. the extra hockey practices at, you know, 6am and get you up at five and yeah, one sport rolled into another. You were always, always performing. Yeah. And what was your take? Because I remember I have memories of me wanting to quit certain sports, even ones that I ended up sticking with. But what was your initial reaction to me saying, mm-hmm. Mom, I just want to quit? Yeah, that was in the, I think you were maybe in elementary, middle school. You didn't want to go to hockey practice. I and, and I said, Knights don't quit. Knights don't quit in the middle of a season. If at the end of the season, you decide that you really hate this like like you did. I don't think Kathy Smith is listening. Like, <laughs> like you did. Sorry, Kathy. That's the softball coach. Yeah. I rolled the pine and softball. Oh, and so, so did your sister, and you hated it. It's not your fault, Kathy. That sucks. <laughs> but I mean, it was so obvious, but we made you finish that season too. But I knew that you'd be a good skater. I could see it you know, following in your older brother's footsteps. And I said, you have to go to practice. And then that practice, and after you're done with that practice, you had a different mindset. So kids can be uh, wishy-washy and they, you know, depending on their emotion that day, decide they don't want to do something. But if you're part of a team, you're part of a team. You can't quit your family. You can't quit any obligation you have to the greater community in which you're, in which you're participating. So at least wait until the season's over and then have a real hard look at it. I think it's humbling when you're a kid because you want to just be good at things right mm-hmm. away. And when you're not and you try to do something and you're mm-hmm. struggling, you're like, oh, I just quit. You know, quit while you're ahead. Quit while you're yeah. not succeeding. And so I think as a parent, it's great that you were like, mm-hmm. nope, you have to see it through. Yep. See if you can improve. Right. 
Um, and I remember that too. I remember the moment of mm-hmm. being like, no, you're going to practice. Yeah. Like you're going to see it through. And I think what's so interesting about culture now more than ever is we're quitters. Mm-hmm. Everyone's a quitter. It's like, oh, if you don't like something, just don't do it. Then don't if do don't it. Wanna... Do what feels good for you. That yeah. doesn't feel good. You want to sit all day and, you know, scroll. That's fine. No, it's not. No, I'm sorry. It's no. not. So there was, yeah, some pretty, I guess there was some discipline in my, in my method here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and it's great. That's it. important. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are some traits that you realized sports brought out in your children that you admired? And also, well, if there's anything on the flip side. Hmm. Okay. Well, I as um, as girls and this goes into I think another question you have, but as girls and boys uh, grow and they mature, uh, the testosterone in the boys will come out, and sometimes in the form of a lot of anger and uh, this is unfair and a lot of uh, coarse language sometimes and um, throwing things when stuff, you know, breaking a hockey stick or whatever, but, or, you know, throwing the bat and girls, it comes out a lot of tears, a lot more emotional, a lot more um, just, and when you think about the female body as it matriculates toward maturity, so many changes go on. A male body, sure, they get more muscle, they get more testosterone. They still kind of stay the same. They get bigger in their muscles, but girls go through an amazing transformation mm-hmm. from being a, you know, a prepubescent to being able to actually eventually carry a child. The transition your body goes through. And with that, and with all the hormones, are a roller coaster of emotions. So I would say that the hard, one of the harder things was managing that but you guys managed it you too you and your sister you had each other mm. which spurred each other on supported each other and i think that that was an amazing gift actually we were late bloomers too so you we were late bloomers so some of the shit later than most mo- almost senior year into college there was more of the whole body uh yeah. this more sort of the of the fear of like how is my body changing am i going to be able to perform you know, because up until then, you guys were just housing, you know, quarts of ice cream and mac and cheese. and I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I know there there was no, there wasn't any sort of like, when I need to eat this much and have this much protein. It was just, I just need to eat. Yeah. So. And that's, that's great too. Um, and when you're thinking, that's a good segue actually, when you're thinking about diet mm-hmm. and like we were these little sticks of females and we hadn't developed yet. And, you know, I never did. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but we were eating everything and anything oh. in sight. And so way too much processed sugar. How did you sugar. feel about that? I, I, in I, hindsight in and, hi- and at the time. Okay. At the time, I thought everything was copacetic. I thought that that was all great. You guys were growing and you were tall and you were coordinated for your age, which I consider genetics from your father. So I, <laughs> I give him so much credit. Uh, but I, I never, I mean, we had, you know, when you have four kids and you had three, I had three and 16 months, I'm not growing vegetables in the garden and canning. I'm just going, okay, we're eating frozen peas with corn and tonight. I was at spaghetti again, mom. Yeah. And it's out of a can. It's like, <laughs> cause you know what you have, your brother has practice here. Your other brother has a hockey game here and you guys have to be at the track at this time. And it was a lot of, um, quick meals, I would mm-hmm. say meals that I could throw together with like within 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And now looking back, yeah, should I have done more? 
Of course, your brothers wouldn't have eaten a green salad. But no, but Trevor didn't even. One of my brothers would not eat green things. No, until college. Now, yeah. now he's all about the kale. But yeah. so I, we did the. We always had vegetables. We mm-hmm. always had a protein. Mm-hmm. But I'd say I would probably have done breakfast differently. I know that yeah. you're the one who started this. I thought, oh, Emily's turning into like my my German mother. She, she wanted salami <laughs> and ein Stück Brot, a piece of bread and some cheese in the morning. Yeah. And everyone else was eating probably Cinnamon Toast Crunch and waffles with Steph, my twin, would do two waffles. She would <laughs> Eggo waffles out of the frozen box, put them in the toaster, coat them in whipped cream to mm-hmm. like mountains. And then she would take syrup and chocolate chips. And it wasn't the real syrup. It was just the corn syrup. And that's going into school. So you can imagine you get to school and you're like the sugar high. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> and we but weren't sleeping enough because we were busy. You were so busy. And actually, I, you know, I was trying to figure out what, what you would excel at. We kind of the boys, we dad um, dad was upset when they didn't wrestle but i had this thing about hockey and i think it was as mm-hmm. on the dance team we always had really a lot of fun when we could be at the hockey games mm-hmm. and I, there's something about hockey i loved and that ended up taking off but um i i just remember what would you be good at and when i think about it i think you tried 10 different sports 10 or 11 there was regular summit dance jazz and tap yeah. and then there was Irish dance. Mm-hmm. There was also swimming. There was also tennis. Mm-hmm. There was also gymnastics. There was basketball. There was softball. There was Every track. Sport. There was T-ball. soccer. T-ball. And then a track and then hockey. And I think there's one more in there we probably missed. Hey, you know, we had to try them all. You, you tried them all. You good at. And when you were in softball, the, the one sport you both really, okay, hated, mm-hmm. I, I would say that uh, your coach chose you in a tournament uh, to run the bases to see which team could run the fastest. And you and Stephanie were chosen. And that's when the idea came into my head. Wait a minute. And I, I had this misconception. Stephanie has really long legs and Emily's really fast. Maybe they'd be good at track. So Steffi long legs. Yeah. So we, we, I, I got you into middle school track and with, before you even got to high school, you were running varsity mm-hmm. and it came so easily to you. Was that eighth grade? I think it was eighth. I think yeah, we might have started running track in eighth grade. Yeah, for for high school, I don't even remember. And that but... was an offshoot. That was a an aside. That yeah. was like nobody had run track, right? I'm like, yeah. well, maybe they'd be good because they're really fast base runners. Yeah, that's like what we were in every sport is fast. And yeah. So even in soccer, we were midfielder. Steph was defense, and we'd be like the fast person who mm-hmm. was out there running and. Yeah. Oh, do you remember soccer too? You had to run that that two mile for thing. You guys always came in, you know. We won the running uh, uh, tests pretty much in every sport. So that's just a gift. Boards and hockey, skating boards. Yeah. So I I think I just picked up on that and I thought, well, let's just try track. And you guys loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Mm -hmm. and to this day, you're still really fast. So that was just, I was just trying to be perceptive and watch. Mm-hmm. And know. it definitely played out, obviously. It when, did. when it came time to look at college, it was like, what sport? And I think in the back of our minds, we, we all knew, like, well, you're probably most likely to pursue track because mm-hmm. you're best at it. But I definitely looked at other sports, too. And yeah. Steph was dead set on track. She was like a state. She was a, she, she was went really to good. state for nine to what four years stuff. It would have been. She's silly, actually here in the background, but she's not talking. Shh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, nine ten. She she went to state four times and she, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. It, it is. It's hard because you're competing against the biggest schools in Minnesota mm-hmm. and Minnesota. Considering that we don't run track all year because of the weather, um, to get to that level is pretty impressive. Yeah. Whereas you know the California girls 
Southern girls are running year round. Yeah, that is so true. Mm -hmm. Um, So it sounds like with diet, you kind of just, you were like, they need to eat. They're so active. Laissez-faire. Pretty skinny. Like we were all pretty little to begin with. I think Mm -hmm. things did change for me junior or senior year of high school. I Mm -hmm. noticed like, oh, wow, I feel a little heavier and slower. Mm -hmm. And I remember that happening, but I still didn't have like a concept of my body image at all. I just remember feeling different. Mm -hmm. But I was fairly lazy at the time. Like I would shirk every opportunity I could to get my track workouts done. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I just like, I didn't care about my mm-hmm. body. Right. It wasn't until I got into college and we were in sports bras in spandex and the coaches that's cared. That's so hard. I'm telling you, that's hard. No matter how you look, mm-hmm. that is intimidating for anybody. And to you're be. young. You're it's 18. So, you're, you've, I've never hard. had a boyfriend. It was like the first time I'd ever been like mm-hmm. in that attire surrounded by men and women. Yeah. It was very intimidating. And, um, that's, when you that's saw tough. us go into that environment, do you remember the shift at all or when I came back and I looked completely different when I had lost all that weight? A little bit of worry. And then I realized that sometimes as your children struggle with things, they if they think it's embarrassing or humbling or they're ashamed or they're worried, they, they keep that from their parents. So knowing that you were struggling with that, as you've so openly talked about, just breaks my heart that I couldn't call you and say, hey you know, let's, let's Mm -hmm. talk about this. Let's see if we can, you know, get you back on track, which I feel you have gotten back on track. And, Mm -hmm. you know, some, some days are easier than others, but, um, I had, um, I knew that it was a pretty stressful environment, uh, when they, you know, had, they were talking about how lean can you be, Mm -hmm. but still retain that speed. Whereas in hockey and soccer, you really don't have that kind of pressure in softball for sure. You don't. So there was, a lot of um, a lot of pressure mm-hmm. uh, with that, and yeah. you, you didn't have that in high school. You guys were just luckily you were real, you were naturals, and yeah. I was just there, a supporting. I was just a good support and a joy that came from yeah. the joy that came from it is inexplicable, really. Yeah. As far as body image, um, when you were going through that with me and Steph didn't go through it as much as I did, but she definitely had her moments. Were there any experiences in your own past that you drew upon mm-hmm. to provide some guidance or just yes. wisdom? Yes. In college, I remember going through that. I think my junior year, um, and one of my professors, my German professor noticed, he goes, does your mother realize that you're losing weight? And, um, I said, no. And he said, well, you should call your mother because I, um, and actually I, I struggled with that my junior year and then went overseas for a full year studying. And, um, I think I struggled a little bit there. That's when I met my, my good Greek friend Tasula. And, um, and then I met your dad and (laughs) he was the shift that I needed because it didn't matter because I was kind of a yo-yoing where then I'd, you know, work at a deli and gain 15 pounds because I was eating all the salami and the cheese. And I, <laughs> and I it, it was attached to the bakery. And I'm like, oh, this bakery item doesn't look good. We better test it. So I remember him, he, he didn't care. He just said, Let, let's just see. Just, mm-hmm. And once you stop worrying obsessively about it, I've been this weight as long as you can remember, really. Mm-hmm. I've been... And you probably brought that when it came to our diets, you probably brought that same attitude mm-hmm. of like, as long as you're not 
just eating all the time. Right. You can eat everything. It's just yes. about being healthy and right. if you need to fluctuate here and there. That's right. To change your approach. And I think mm-hmm. that that's because I remember growing up too, our friends loved coming here because you had every <laughs> baked good, every type of I food did. you could possibly want. And I their did. house is like I had friends I knew that that house does not have like anything good or like that friend okay. never has, has anything, anything yummy. Good. Yeah. I always had treats. I remember that. And but you you were so active when you think about playing three varsity sports and they're all rolling one season into another, you just, you could not consume enough calories, mm-hmm. you know? So. And I'm, I've taught you things now about. Oh, so much. Like nutrients. I'm trying to eat my protein more in the morning, you know, because I'm still pretty active with the kind of workout I do. I certainly don't run 11 miles. I, I could maybe crawl, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's something. So if you could give advice to, let's say there's a new mom. Mm-hmm. And she has a daughter who is, let's say, 14 or 15 because they're mm-hmm. at a level where they could be in a mm-hmm. sport and actually figure out if they're good, mm-hmm. not like so young. It's like it could go either mm-hmm. way. Um, and she's like, I don't know how to push my my daughter. Mm. And she's she, I know she has a potential, but I don't know how to push her. What would you say? What's some advice you would give that oh, mother? Man. You know, this is a hard one because I don't think I ever had to push you. Yeah. So you guys were – what if self-motivate? I don't think you can force somebody into something in a direction they don't want to go, especially if they're going to be in their mind successful in that endeavor. Mm-hmm. I think if you force them, you're going to run, you're going to run fast. You're going to make three goals tonight. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's, are you having fun? Do you like your teammates? Are you, are you doing your best? Mm-hmm. Is there something I can do to, to help you out? You really like the sport. Okay. So I would get your skates sharpened for you. But I had that flexibility. So mm-hmm. I was very privileged to be home. Mm-hmm. So I, I could help you with all of the equipment needs. But I would say it was, you guys just loved what you did. Yeah. And for a mother who's saying, how can I motivate somebody? Wow. I think so much has to come from within. And the only thing I could say is by example, showing that you love to move your body, that you love exercise. It makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, but if somebody truly, like, I could never motivate you in softball. Nobody could say anything. I mean, your dad tried to play catch, and after throwing the ball to you once, you said, okay, is this done? And he goes, what? So you just, you, that wouldn't have worked. So if you're trying to push somebody into something that they really don't want to do. What if it's sports in general? So what if they're saying there's no point in sports? Oh, well, I would, mm. all right. There are different takes on that. I understand the importance of arts, learning the arts, learning to reason, to debate with decorum. I understand all of that. But what sports, what I've witnessed is being able to have discipline that you carry forth into other areas of your life. So my mother used to always say, um, oh, you don't feel good today. Oh, I'm so sorry, but most of the work in the world is done by people who feel like crap. So get busy. <laughs> like, That's at the base of my mother's lessons. <laughs> in the like, back of her head. Oh this my whole time. gosh, mom, I'm sick. Okay, but I, but just go to school. You'll feel better. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so there's a little mix of you know pushing that way, but also if you really, if you can sense that your son or daughter. Let's talk daughters. Just really, you know, they're not maybe 
let's say they're 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 six foot one and they want to be a gymnast and you realize <laughs> this isn't probably going to work out long term because they're about four foot ten hey, four you foot never, eight you never know you, you you never know but you know if it's if they're ha- the joy has to come from within and you i don't think you can you can force that but sports in general the discipline the motivation the joy and teamwork um, learning to appreciate what your teammates contribute, even if you've had a crappy outcome mm-hmm. and, and being there for your teammates and having joy and the fact that they did well, even if you didn't that day, what an incredible character growth that is mm-hmm. to have joy in somebody else's success when maybe you didn't succeed. Mm-hmm. And, and being on a team does that, even if it's an individual sport, you still have the you know, the, the track team, you still have the tennis team, you still have the swim team, you're all in it together. Mm-hmm. And as, you know, as a team, you want to go forward and, and succeed. I, the, the it's incredible, mm-hmm. the crossover to success in life and 100%. sticking with, with a sport is yeah. it's, and it, it makes you more likely to continue to be active yeah. As you get older. And that's a huge It's thing huge too, because is... inactivity kills. Muscle is the mm-hmm. longevity mm-hmm. Um, beacon. Kids echo what you do too. So mm-hmm. if you're a parent and your kid's like unsure mm-hmm. about, do I want to do sports? Right, do I right. want to? You don't even have to be in recreational, like design structured sports. Mm-hmm. Like if your thing is weightlifting, let's say you do mm-hmm. it with your dad all the time mm-hmm. and that's how you connected and bonded. Mm-hmm. Children echo their parents. And so they seeing do. my... Steph and I seeing our mom always working out and our dad was always in shape, always lifting. That was kind and of his And you thing. had two brothers who were and always. And two brothers. Yes. You kind of just follow the leader. Follow and the it leader. just keeps going. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that it kind of was, it wasn't even an option. It was just like, what sports no. are you going to do? Yes. It was never, do you want to do sports? It was, mm-hmm. well, so which sports are you signing up for? Yeah. And even if one didn't work out, such as softball, it was like, well, what's next? Right. It was and, never. And tennis didn't really play out yeah. for you and yeah. you, you really had no interest in golf. Um, but, uh, just yeah. being, just doing something with your body teaches you too about your own limitations and, uh, and what you can do when sometimes you don't even think you can do it. And that's mm-hmm. another lesson my mom taught me is that her father used to say, okay, okay, Hannah, Laura, Hannah, you know, do this. And she say, Oh, but I'm afraid. And he said, you can do it. Mm-hmm. You can do it. And I remember having that in the back of my mind. I think I know, I think, no, I know they can do it. Mm-hmm. They can do it. And I think one thing, and you have, you haven't asked me this question that if I had to think about what I would do differently is that the one thing that I would do differently looking back is your dad and I are so competitive that when we saw that you were weren't giving it your all because we knew you so well in hockey or soccer. Like we'd get you in the car and right away we couldn't even contain ourselves. Mm -hmm. Totally bad parenting. I'm going to just lay that bare. Mm -hmm. What were you thinking? You weren't moving your feet. And now that I reflect on that is a, I've never been on hockey skates. I have no (laughs) idea how hard it is. I have no idea how hard it is after a hard shift to even pull yourself up and fall over the boards, you know, onto your side. I, I have, I had no clue of what was going on maybe on the field as far as how you were feeling. And as maturing females, 
what time of the month it was for you. You know, what all that stuff going on in your head and, and high school stuff, all the high school stuff and the drama. And I think that I would have given you time as an individual to process that loss or that, that, that subpar effort, give you some time and space because a hundred percent you would have come around and say, maybe in a day, maybe two days, what did you think, mom? What did you think, dad? Um, I think I probably wasn't working as hard as I could have. I'll do better next time. But instead we're so like, what were you thinking? And that's like parenting one-on-one. Don't do that to your child. Get them in the car. They're already feeling bad enough. They lost and their team lost or they lost and their team won, but they look terrible. And you're like, well, maybe give them some room to breathe. These are kids that are in school and they're working hard. And you guys were always good time managers with school and your schooling was always great. And all I will say to that though, is I do remember every time that you guys would say that you were right. And I knew you were right. I know. But so we just took like our family took sports very seriously. And the fact that you guys cared, sure, you could have approached it differently. But you cared. And that explains why we all every kid went on to pursue college sports. Right. Because we took it seriously because we knew our parents took it seriously. And I think deep down, most most kids, if not all, really they have a a healthy relationship with their parents want to please their parents. Mm -hmm. And so when you know that you just sort of kind of were there, but not there, your body was there, but you weren't there in the moment for your team in an important game and it cost the game. Um, but I still think I could have given, I, I realized that you understand, you know, that you knew maybe we were right, but I think we could have given you more pause, Mm -hmm. more pause to just reflect rather than you feel bad already, rather than coming down on you with a hammer mm-hmm. when you've already just, I think I would have been a little gentler with that Yeah. and waited, you know, that 24 hour period, you know, wait before you, you say, what were you thinking? You know, mm-hmm. just wait a minute, just pause because maybe there were some things that they need to work through too. Yeah. yeah. So what was your favorite sport as a parent? Watching. Yeah. I think I know. Well, you were so good at track that to watch you guys just blaze was so amazing. Even if you you were there for two hours to watch, you know, a two minute race or, you know, yours was a 58 minute, 56, 58 minute, 400, 58, 58 minute, 400, watching you absolutely. What? Steph's whispering. What's that? Stephanie. 58 seconds. Oh, yeah. I did not run a 58-minute Well, no. Hour. Yeah, she was, she was, it was a 58. That's a new world record yeah, in the opposite no, direction. It was a 58-minute 10-miler. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it was 58 seconds. Um, um, that and I would say hockey because so many times I would hear that was night-to-night assist. So one night got the goal and the other night assisted. And those, those were just really proud moments. And believe me, there's no – as proud as you were, you'd not believe what it, I was so proud of you. And when something didn't go right, you'd not believe how much grief I had when yeah. it didn't go right for you. I would sit and just be so upset for you and I couldn't fix it, mm-hmm. but I knew it would make you stronger. Yeah. As, yeah. So, and that's incredible. And I think you've touched on this too already is like, we were bouncing school and sports and there was a lot going on in high school drama and all that stuff. But 
And I think growing up too, I had a lot of friends that would quit sports because school, they needed to focus on school mm-hmm. or they needed to focus on X, Y, Z. As a parent, and you saw this play out, like if someone were to come to you and say, is it possible to balance your, for my kid to balance school and sports? Mm-hmm. What would you say? I'd say absolutely. Absolutely. Say, well, I don't know. Well, it, well, it makes, uh, sports will make, uh, make you more manage your time. Um, I wouldn't say that necessarily, I don't think your other brothers listening will listen to this, but I don't think Brian managed it as well, but he always love got, you, hey, we love you, Brian. You're the one who instilled hockey in all of us. No, but he, mm-hmm. I think, uh, he probably put things off and then Trevor was excellent in school, but he, he did things last, last minute, but he never even had to study. Um, uh, <laughs> That's, yeah, he just got a, you know, yeah, I won't get into the details. No, he's, he's just, a genius. He, he's just, oh, he, well, but he had to at, at, at university for sure. But, um, he still juggled a lot there and you guys did so too. Basically your answer is if you have a good kid, they'll, get, they'll make it work. <laughs> basically. Right. I mean, if, if they care about school, care about their grades. Absolutely. I mean, you guys were turning in projects and working on it and go, what are you working on? Oh, this is due in two weeks. In two weeks, yeah, but we have a hockey tournament, and then we have this and that, so we're doing it now. But you had each other, too. Mm-hmm. So you had a sibling right next to you, and I think that made you somewhat competitive with each other as well. You wouldn't yeah. want to race against each other, but you could be in a relay together. You could race in different events, but you're on the same hockey line, played in the same you know, um, soccer at, at the same level, and you basically took the same classes. So you knew that, well, if she's got a paper, I've got a paper, she's working on it, I better work on it. And that that built-in motivation. Yeah. So you were, it was such a double blessing. Yeah. yeah. And if you have kids now and you're listening to this and your kid is interested in college sports, let's say it's a great opportunity to practice mm-hmm. time management and productivity and all that stuff because high school prepares you. College is 10 times harder mm-hmm. with, if you want to pursue a sport and get your education, your bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. your master's, what have you, you need to learn how to balance both. Mm-hmm. Well, and the competition and just the competition. ratchets way up mm-hmm. in college too. You you can be at the top of your game in high school and you go to college, especially if you're Division One, and you realize, whoa, I'm maybe middle of the pack here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. So to wrap it up, the last question I have is: if you were sitting down with a pair of parents, a set of parents, and they have kids who are growing up, they're still young. They don't know if they want to put, push their kid into sports or if they want to let them kind of not go into sports. What would you say in terms of just some parting wisdom? It can be whatever you want to that young set of parents. That's a good question. I think I would say I would take a look at, I'd actually go to some of these, these games, these, um, middle school, high school, you know, hockey, tennis, golf, and show this child, oh, that does that look like fun? Wouldn't that be fun? And, you know, if you have a yard, you can go in and kick the ball around, and they, they find that they really like kicking a ball into a net, or they like swinging a bat, or they, or you know, they, they, they just think it's really, really fun, and they want to do it again, and they want to try it again. Um, expose them, if you have the wherewithal, to as many different types of movement mm-hmm. as you can without being this rabid, maniacal, you're going to do this now, then you're going to do this. And it's just like, oh, let's try that. That looks fun. Um, and be upbeat about it. Mm-hmm. And it, just expose them um, and show them. So you go past a tennis match on your way to school, or you, you see someone swimming in a pool, or you just, 
wow, hey, do you want to try that? That looks mm-hmm. fun. Hey, do you want to play uh, tennis with me? Do you want to kick the ball? That's a good idea. Yeah, your dad was always, uh, you know. And right. with that too, actually, one more question is same thing, but health and food. How do you expose your kid to nutrition and food without pushing too much, but mm-hmm. also not going absolutely crazy? Right. How do you, how do right. you strike a medium? That's a good question because I know a lot of parents are like, you know, lock the cupboards and you can only have one cookie every third Sunday when mm-hmm. there's a full moon. We and all know what happens when you do <laughs> no, that happens to a is kid. That they end up breaking they in. They find the whole box. <laughs> they do. So I would say moderation and, you know, with a little bit of like, oh, you know what? I read that this kind of, of sugar or soda can, can really hurt you late, later in life or um, not too it's much sugar. Kids, kids only think about the right now. So it would have to right. be like right, right. Your, your hockey game, you'll right. play terribly. Right, right. You know, if you, let's, let's nourish your body and let's, you know, you, you see what, what nature eats out there. And we actually are part of the nature cycle and they're eating fresh food out there. Of course, unless you throw trash out to the raccoons. <laughs> You're not a raccoon. You are a, you're not even a cow. You're yeah, but I, it's just um, moderation. I would say I, nothing was really off limits in this house. Mm-hmm. No, no. I think you're you're. So we didn't I, crave anything. I think my, crazy, crazy I think way. our you know your dad, my hubby, there he was probably a little more like they shouldn't have cheese whiz on their broccoli. So I hid the cheese whiz, would bring it out when he wasn't looking, and squirt some on your broccoli. All I remember is the cheese was being eaten. So. <laughs> That was Which your own. probably isn't, but a little bit. It's fine. It got yeah. you to eat your broccoli. So, um, you just crave things when they're off limits. Yeah, you go you know, crazy. You do. You have to have a little bit of of everything. And mm-hmm. Stephanie always had her Moose Tracks ice cream before every yep her, every track thing. That was her go to. Yeah, and that has changed for her. But <laughs> it did uh, change. Yeah. But but I think having that as a child allows you a little bit to change and to morph into a little more strict. When you start super strict, mm. I think that that you'll end up maybe getting kind of wild on the food and the beverage mm. side. Um, if yeah. you're so strict, once you get into college, you're like, wow, there's Sprite and there's Coke and there's there's alcohol and there's, wow, everyone's eating, you know, <laughs> Doritos and, and we're pre-gaming and you see that. But if you know, if you've had a little bit of, ex- not with alcohol growing up, but if you've had experience with, you know, Doritos when there's a hockey, it's when a there's. a five-year-old having shots. No yeah. <laughs> you have, so you have a little bit of that. So it's not, it's not the forbidden fruit when you finally loosen those kite strings. And that's, that's my theory on parenting is that you hold a pretty tight rein until they hit about middle school and high school. And then they have to make some mistakes and you should be loosening that tight string, those kite, kite streams to let go. Yeah. Because if you start trying to tighten them, once you've let them go, it isn't going to work. Everyone just gets in the roller coaster at that point. Mm-hmm. Just let's just see. Yeah. Where this thing yeah. Goes. Let's just see. Whoa. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank, thank you for being here. It was an honor. It was fun to chat about growing up and yeah. everything that you reflected on and I reflected on. I would give a lot to have one season back. Because yeah. it oh, was a joy too. in my life. Oh, yeah. me too. Still is. You guys are still evolving, and it's yeah. it's There's just such a joy. Still There's more, more to come. come. More to come. Um, but yeah, so thank you. Thank and you. if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you give it a follow and a rating. And you can find me on Instagram at night double underscore fit. 
or you can check out my website, nightfitfast.com, and I have in-app programs there, or you can submit a consultation to train with me one-on-one. I work with female runners to help them become faster and stronger. That's my specialty. So if that interests you, submit a consultation. I'm taking a few more clients on, so be sure to do so. Um, And yeah, Kareen, thanks for being here and stay tuned for the next episode, which will be a week Mm -hmm. from today. Everyone go have a great day and thanks for listening. Bless you.